When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. That's right, everybody. We are back, and this is episode 151. Why React is still the number one JavaScript framework. Now, Mike, you put a question mark and an exclamation mark at the end of this, so we're going to do another voice acting bit here. <clears throat> episode 151. Why is React still the number one JavaScript framework? That was good. Honestly, that was good. We can sell that. Let's let's take that clip and, st- and sell that. We're good. We're, we're out of the podcast game, guys. That's it. We're in the voice I'm, I'm acting game Matt's now. Matt's uh, voice acting agent, and we're going. We're going into that industry. So if anyone needs a voice actor, <laughs> I mean, I would do a voice for a game. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, there's my voice acting. There's my audition. Audition two, as as it were. Uh, I'm Matt. That's Mike. And this week we'll be <laughs> we'll be switching sides. Switching sides, referring to a previous episode that we did, and talking about React and why we think it's still the king. So, Mike, you kind of like ripped into um, uh, React or yes, you ripped into React in favor of Vue a few weeks ago. And now you're kind of playing your own devil's advocate is what we kind of summed it up to before the episode when we were chatting. So this should be an interesting one. And uh, if this does sound interesting to you, because it should, you should go check us out on that uh, Patreon, leave a reviewer rating on your podcast app, join us in our Discord server, share this with your friends. And now... It's time for the main event. Mike, playing your own devil's advocate, why, sir, is React still the king? Yeah, so I don't know if it's going to be exactly devil's advocate because I'm still I'm still going to be kind of like counterpointing the the facts of why React is still number 1 framework, but the point the point of the episode is like React definitely is still the most used front-end framework on JavaScript and it, from what I can see, and the numbers don't really lie, it's not going anywhere. Like, it's not going anywhere. This year is probably not going anywhere next, next year. Maybe even three years, I would say it's it's safe to say that it's still the number one framework. Um, so, and I, like, personally, I actually thought, you know, two year, if you asked me two years ago, I would have been like, no, React's definitely going to go down. Like, Vue is way better. Svelte is just coming out, and it's great. Like, why would React still stay number one? But it is. That's the fact. There's no, there's no offense or buts about it. And there's a lot of really good reasons for why it's still the number one framework. So I delved into it fairly deeply, uh, asked some people, asked some community members, uh, did my own research into React, like spun up a few React projects. I'm learning it right now. And so I, I'm coming from like a, like my React knowledge is beginner level. Let's be serious now. Like it's, it's, it really is beginner level. My, my view knowledge is like very high up there. Uh, but React, not so great. But I am understanding the concepts, the main concepts behind it from a developer perspective. But really, it's outside of the developer realm of why it's the number one JavaScript framework, really. It's not because it's it can do all these things. It's because of all these reasons that I'm going to mention. And they're not really, they don't have 
like a direct line to like, oh, it's better because, you know, it can do X and Y better. It doesn't really have any of that. It's mostly just stuff that is um, the stuff that makes anything really like popular. So first thing, I'm just going to jump right in. First thing, and it's an obvious one, it's maintained and created by Facebook. So that, yes, like to me, I don't like Facebook that much as, as like an overall car- company. I'm not a huge like, you know, proponent of them or anything like that. Like, I don't think they're the evilest company in the world, but like, I don't like them that much. So to me, that's not a huge plus, but to the general public and to the wide ranging community, that's, it is a pretty big deal. Like that's a big backer. That's a multi-billion dollar company backing a JavaScript framework for whatever reason. It's not like some small little, you know, pipsqueak shop or something like that, or some, or some like other like smaller company. No, this is a legit large corporation that's backing a JavaScript framework and releasing it open source for free. So that is a huge deal. And with with the maintained by Facebook stuff comes the developer support that they give. So they give, they have documentation that they create and maintain themselves. Um, they have, you know, courses and stuff that they've released themselves. They have a whole academy. And obviously they teach their own developers, which are of very high caliber to use it. So they can They can essentially help the community and stuff like that. So there's a whole machine behind it, a developing machine behind it because of Facebook. And then the second part, because it's Facebook, they also have, of course, better advertising for it. And I think this is a really big one. Like maybe I should have saved maintained by Facebook till the end because this one might be the biggest reason for its success, really. Because like they don't spend like a huge marketing budget. I'm not saying that they put out ads everywhere for it because it's a free JavaScript framework. Like they, they don't get anything back from that. But what they do get by supporting it and advertising it to the right communities and the right markets, and especially when it just came out, is the support of that community. Because if there's anything wrong with it, that community, is it's open source. They can go in there. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, where uh, if it's an open source project, community members go in there and fix stuff. And that's the value that an open source project brings to a larger corporation. So that's what they were hoping on. And not only that, because of that, and this is my next point, it has a huge developer ecosystem. So Now, I actually yeah. have a question about this because like, I know that you have, or I know that, that the huge developer ecosystem is your next point. And so I kind of want to throw this in here. So I've been learning Svelte, as I mentioned to you before. And one of the the challenges that I have with Svelte to sort of bring this into the try to bring this into like the the everyday developer problem when working with a JavaScript library. Now, this might just be because of my lack of experience, but here's one of the the issues I found with Svelte consistently is I have issues Googling something in plain English when I have no idea what it is and finding more than just the official documentation, if that, because sometimes it leads me to the wrong piece of documentation because I'm phrasing it wrong or I'm not using the right uh, terminology. Like I've messed up two of the words. I put them in the wrong order or something because I'm learning. And one of the issues I'm finding with Svelte is I'll, I'll look up something very, very simplistic. So for example, you sent me a Svelte crash course and on YouTube and I forget who did that now. Traversy, I think. Uh, so I, I was, I watched that. And so I said, okay, you know what? Like I want to do, I don't want to copy what he's doing. I know like people like to follow along, but I don't want to copy what he's doing. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to develop my little trucking game, which is like not even fully designed yet. I'm going to develop my little trucking game, but I'm going to do a lot of the concepts that he did here. 
And as I, you know, would get tired in the night and coding away, I would then leave coding and watch other people's videos to see other perspectives on how to do it. Now, here's where everything kind of comes together. When I see Traversy's way of doing it, this guy's way of doing it, this guy's way of doing it, this guy's way of doing it. My first thought is, okay, you know what? I kind of want to go with like, what is the way to do it? Okay. And when I don't know what I'm looking up, like if I know I want to move this data from this form and move it into this page, that's all I know. And I Google something as simple as that. I'm going to say like 50, 50, like half the time I'm finding that I'm not finding a, any of those videos and B I'm only getting a piece of documentation from Svelte, which is great, right? Which is good. But it then the, the documentation looks different than how everyone is doing it. So I'm being pulled into this world of either I'm not finding anything or I'm finding the wrong piece of documentation. Or in the case that I am finding the right piece of documentation, it's different than what everyone else is doing. And then I don't know um, either whether I'm like phrasing it wrong, which I probably am. I don't know whether like it, like it makes it makes the thought pop into my head like, man, maybe Svelte isn't um, talked about as much as I think, because what ends up happening is, is I find a bunch of vanilla JavaScript solutions to my problem by typing that in, even when I put the word Svelte in the Google search. Now, this, again, could be just totally my Google style, but does Facebook and React more specifically, does Facebook's influence and, you know, obviously impact on React and the fact that they're there, this big corporation, like you're saying, does that remedy it with this ecosystem, with this support, with this whatever, that you can type in more straight English, non-technical sentences to get the solution? Or is this a problem just with frameworks overall? Yeah, so I, it's both. So I would say it might be even more difficult for you to get the, like a more straightforward answer with React in, in your certain situation. There's going to be more answers. Like there's going to be more content when you Google something with React at the end of it rather than Svelte, 100%. But that's not necessarily always a good thing especially in your case where you're just trying to get the standards and stuff like that. Now, having said that, getting the standards as you're learning it for the first time and figuring out frameworks for the first time might not be the best way to go. In my opinion, you should be just trying to get functionality working. And if it's in different ways, then it's in different ways. And that's it. If you can get something working, then get it working. And after that, like we discussed before, the idea is, is that like, as you start building your skills in that ecosystem or in JavaScript in general, you'll start being able to differentiate what's what's better and worse or what's better for you and what's worse for you. Like, that's the problem with JavaScript in general is that you can do the the same thing like a hundred different ways because it's such a flexible language. It also comes with the inherent problem of like, well, you could do it a hundred different ways and it's not necessary, necessarily one way is better or worse than the other. Sometimes it is, but regardless, it's not necessary that that's the case and that confuses everyone. So yes, like the, the fact that you're confused is I think 100% normal, but you should also just power kind of power through that confusion and just just get it working you know what i mean just your your goal should be like okay i understand the basics a little bit let's try to get this feature working if it if it if it differentiates from how traversy does it or from how academy does it for, or from how all these other guys do it that's fine whatever 
if it's like I do like the documentation of Svelte and Vue, really. Like I like both their documentations. So if you can implement documentation syntax, that is, in my opinion, the best of all worlds. Because again, that's going to be your source of truth more than anything. But if you can't, and if you want to implement some random stack overflow copy paste or whatever, and it works, screw it. It works. You'll figure it out. You'll figure out the, the right way to do it later. Like you have to, you have to power through this portion of it right now, Matt, because you're at a point where you're like being overwhelmed by information. And that could be a really, I don't want to say deadly, obviously it's not deadly, but that could be a really, uh, a big stopper to motivation to continue with something. Yeah. It's dangerous. It's dangerous to the learning process. I'd say. Exactly. And and let me ask you this too then. So, okay. So one of the, one of the things that I've always gotten bogged down on, and I've said this repeatedly over and over again, is that I get bogged down in like the details and I've started to like ignore the details. Like you said, where there's like a, you know, a bunch of files in my project that I would normally be like, what's this do? What's this do? So I'm not doing that necessarily, but I'm finding what's weird is, is like, okay. So for example, and like, this might just be something that's really basic that I'm just missing completely, but there's some stuff that people are doing that seem so like second nature that they all do a little bit differently, which is like super interesting to me. So, okay. So for example, um, when you start up a Svelte project, the, I start up with the template and the Svelte project, not to make this all about Svelte, we'll go back to react, but when I start up the Svelte project, there's like a, I can't remember the name of the file now, but it's like your Svelte file. It's like your manifest file or something that has your, like uh, it declares the project and tells them like, Hey, this is like the main app, you know, dots felt and this and that and whatever. But there's also props in there. And I've had like props. I've like looked up props, maybe too much. Maybe this is one of these things um, to the point where like, I understand that you're like moving. As far as I understand, it's like you're moving data around. Mm-hmm. When you start up the uh, the template project, there's a prop in there as an example, just like a like a regular one that says like "Hello World" or something. Every project I've ever seen anyone do deletes the entire prop, like sort of property from the function that's being run in that Svelte manifest or whatever file. They delete that, and then they just use props like within the um, the modules, uh, the uh, the components. Sorry. They just use it within within the components. And like, I think I'm even like I'm using uh, it's been like a couple of days since I've been back to my project. But I think I'm at that point where I have a couple props. But I'm just thinking to myself, like. Then what the hell is this other prop for then? Like, why is this even in the example? Like, I, I can see what it's doing. Like when I I can see what it's doing, but it's like, why is everyone deleting this? And it just seems like a common thing that everyone's like, oh, we'll just get rid of this. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. Why? And I, maybe I'm getting, again, bogged down too much in the why. But it makes me feel weird because it's like, okay, I'm not making a production project. But if something came down the, the pipe where it was like, you desperately need, like, I'm, I, I keep learning this. I'm a few months in. Some client calls, you know, has a very accessible project in Svelte. I guess I got to do it. Fine. I'll go and I'll do it if the price is right. But I feel weird because I don't know whether I'm doing things the right way. And then putting that into like a real production and not like into a little game that I'm making for fun. So I think that's like, I don't know. That's that's just one of the struggles that I've I've have hit. Right. And, and that's absolutely a legitimate struggle. Like, and I understand the prop conversation even. I, I get that. Like every, everything I watch always deletes that first hello world thing and does it some other different way. 100% understood. But you're right in the sense that you're getting bogged down with it. And you're right. And, and the other thing is like in a production project, if you do props one way or another way, it doesn't freaking matter. Does the end user care? 
Right. Yeah, that's a fair point. That doesn't matter. Like, that's what I'm saying. There's even some like, just to put it in an extreme perspective, there was someone in our discord recently that posted that they're they're going through like a school, uh, university even. And they have a course on they have a course where they're using Angular, which is, again, another one of these like JavaScript frameworks like React, like Vue, like Svelte. And one of their in their course in university where they're paying a significant amount of money for to update the data that they get in 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 an API after they get the API they do a window.reload so if anyone understands frameworks in javascript the reason we use frameworks in javascript is so we don't have to use a window.reload to update data and That's, and no like ajax well that, you not can directly, use ajax anyway. yeah you can use ajax if you want not directly exactly like you don't have to use ajax but like use fetch or whatever you can use ajax but you when you get the response you put them into specific places and then the auto updates on your page that's the point it's data like manipulation it's dom manipulation that's what we're doing that's what the whole point of all these javascript frameworks is so when a university goes and again blatantly does the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. You have to, that I'm trying to put it into perspective where the industry is right now, Matt, and where you are. You're ahead of the industry just by like, just by not doing a window.reload, in fact. But like, this isn't a course. This is in, this is in a university course where this person's probably paying or other people are probably paying thousands of dollars. So it's, there are production applications out there that are generating millions of dollars in revenue that are probably doing this shit like they're probably doing like a window.reload on in an angular app or something like that to be able to get some some data to appear on the screen when they can easily just use one of the apis but that's just the reality of where we're at maybe at some point someone will go through and see that and, and edit it and fix it and stuff like that that's great so you shouldn't be bogged down with the fact that like oh no i'm not using the right prop method it doesn't matter it doesn't it does not matter is if you can get it done and it works, that's a great first step. Once you get the grasp of it and it'll take you some time and that's perfectly fine, you'll start understanding to you and to the project that you're working what might be better than another. And even then, you're going to still make mistakes and you're still going to do it inefficiently in some in some way, in shape or form, but you're going to get better. That's all that matters. If you can do the job A, B, if you can just make it slightly better as you go, that's it. So again... I think you're bogging yourself down. You need to kind of push through it. And I think it does bring it into the React world a little bit because I'm doing the same thing like with React. And that's how everyone else does it. With React, again, another like a big advantage of it is that you have a lot more tools at your disposal to be able to write better code. But then you also have that other counteracting part where there's just a lot more garbage you have to sift through to get to the good stuff. So, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that, that's, I mean, that's where we're at with that. But like, okay, so to move on, to move back to the why React is still the number one JavaScript framework that I was going from the Facebook, maintained by Facebook, and then the other part of it, because they were able to grow quickly, they were able to get a lot of people, they were able to then get community members and community teams and other companies to create different tools and different packages and different, different, uh, different stuff for the the react ecosystem a differentiating factor with react is it really like the facebook part of react really is only the ui manipulation part the other parts like the two big ones would be uh redux which is state management that's maintained by a completely different team nothing to do with facebook 
And routing, React Router, and there's other routers, there's like tons and tons of other routers and tons of different state management libraries. All of those are, again, maintained by completely different third parties. Nothing to do with Facebook. Um, so because they were able to generate this huge ecosystem, it's just like anything you want to do is going to be in a package. There's one There's one package that's like uh, React icons, for instance. And that like you would think, oh, maybe that's just font awesome. No, it's like 10 different uh, font like awesome kind of libraries in there. And you can you can pluck out any of those icons as you want any from any of those libraries. Like it's just one little package, npm package, super simple to use. That's one advantage of something like React, of something like of something that has this kind of caliber of of people using it. So there's a lot of development going on around it because it's so popular, and it's feeding back into each other. So because it's popular, there's a lot of development, and there's a lot of development making it more popular. So that that's another part of it. There's also frameworks, very good, solid, easy to use frameworks on top of React. So we talked about Nuxt.js a little while ago, uh, I, th- I think a few weeks ago now with uh, with Alex. And he was, I mean, and Nuxt.js is a, a, is a JavaScript framework on top of Vue. Well, before Nuxt.js came along, there was already Next, Next, N-E-X-T.js, which is, again, that, that was what Nuxt was kind of referencing to with Vue. And that was a, uh, a Next.js is a React framework that's on top of React. And it's really good. Like it has everything that you could possibly need. The, the advantage of these frameworks is you, you kind of don't have to worry about those third-party routers, those third-party state management. They do all that for you. So they, they do a lot of the managing for you. They do server-side rendering for you. They do ex- like a bunch of bunch of different things for you. Gats, there's Gatsby as well, which is another framework on top of React that does a bunch of like uh, API management for you and stuff like that. Like it, 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 it formulates data in a really easy way for you to interact with. And it doesn't matter where the data is coming from. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, what I'm saying is that there's just, there's just so many tools and those tools were built quickly and they were there first, which is a big deal too, obviously. So that's, again, huge developer ecosystem. That's the thing. Like that's obviously a huge part of React's rise to the top and its ability to stay on the top. How um, how stable is this? So with so many uh, pieces of the puzzle, I suppose you could say, so many pieces of the puzzle there, I mean, I assume there's, there's a lot of dependencies here and stuff like this, but there's also like, for example, if... Uh, one of these icon libraries goes offline for some reason. I don't know. They get, they, they, they pull down because they're going to do a big update. So they pull down their old one for whatever reason, and they're going to release a new one. What's the stability and, you know, system like, cause we've seen it in the past where, you know, a lot of projects, a lot of libraries or whatever get affected by somebody pulling their you know, NPM package. Right. So what's the, is it like for better, or for worse, like, you know, sometimes it's great, sometimes it isn't. Or is it always great with React? Like, what's the experience like with so many moving parts? So the core pieces, I'm not talking about the font library right now, because I, I don't really have a lot of information on it. I just know it exists. And I've used it like just temporarily for my practicing. But let, let's let's talk about the core pieces like the React router and um, and Redux. Yeah, that makes yeah closer to the metal, if you will. Closer yeah. to the metal, yeah. The one, yeah. So those pieces, those big libraries, are maintained very, very well, almost at almost like a core system piece. And I'll tell you why. It's because so many large companies 
like multi-billion dollar, multi-million dollar companies are relying on them, that they're willing to donate time, effort, money to these projects. And they won't let them die essentially, right? Because they rely on these projects. That's mm-hmm. 100% the truth. So in that way, great. It's great. I To play devil's advocate a little bit, I'm very much – I very like I, I I prefer the way that Svelte and View do it, where those core pieces are maintained by the core team. I've said it before, like those are the advantages of of View. But again, like the fact that React has this and it was able to create these really robust systems and they're really popular and they're very well very well maintained is one of the reasons why it's number one. So yeah, my opinion aside. It's still a very a very strong thing. Stuff like Next.js, that's maintained by a company called Versal. So Versal is actually a very large company that does, um, I believe, deployment, app deployment, similar to like Netlify and that stuff, kind of stuff. So they're maintaining a very large open source Java, uh, React library on top of React. That's stable too. Like that's really stable because it's maintained by a large company and used by a large company. So again, you're relying on the fact that the tools that you're using are being used in production by a very, very large and significant players. So they're not going to let them die. Like worst case scenario, if the maintainers, the, the main maintainers, and usually there's like a lot of people maintaining it. If the main guys decide to just like quit and want to do something else, these larger companies will step in and provide the developer and the development needed to maintain it. That's what that's how I see it as surviving. And that's how I see it as not having a, any catastrophic failures yet. There was one situation where one NPM package, the one that you're referring to, I can't remember exactly which one. There was, yeah, there was some sort of incident with Kick. Oh, Kick, Kick, yeah, Kick is. Is a whole, that the one? No, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Okay, <laughs> I really don't want to talk about Kick, but like, oh, I don't know anything about it. So if it's yeah. controversial, I, I all I know is that it's an app. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I have no yeah. idea. Um, so no, it like literally one. There was one NPM package that was pulled from the from the NPM package manager, and there was like hundreds of thousands or something of projects that were relying on it and that caused like a little bit of a delay but that's really been the only major issue across like the whole ecosystem other than that it's been very very stable so yes again per preference i prefer first party stuff so that you don't have these issues but then again like these issues really aren't that common so it doesn't matter and it seems that a lot of people prefer it this way because you're it's it's more diverse the ecosystem is is better because of it. There's just more competition and stuff like that in the development tooling. Right. Okay. So yeah, with that, um, the other thing that's really, really powerful and that really no other framework has a answer to even. So this is, this is something that react does even better than Vue and Svelte is react native. React native is a framework again on top of react. uh, And it's also maintained by Facebook. This is one of the native tooling. It allows you to build React, build layouts for apps and functionality for mobile apps and then compile them to their mobile app, uh, to their ecosystem. So you can build iOS and Android apps using React logic. Now, there's a caveat to this. You can't use HTML and CSS. This is a different type of layouts. They're more like mobile layout building. Um, and so those, those skills that you have, the HTML and CSS skills will not transfer fully to that, but all your logic, like your data management and your data manipulation absolutely are the same exact code. It's JavaScript. 
So again, there's a little bit of a trade-off here because you got to have a team that supports the layouts of your React Native application. But essentially, if you have a React Native application and a regular React application, you have you know one team working on the layout for React Native and one team working on JavaScript, uh, HTML and CSS. And then the other team is working on just the logic. You're good to go. And you can maintain all three applications. React Native is a pretty decent solution in terms of performance. It's not perfect in any way, shape, or form, but it has some it has some very good API level integration into the uh, hardware level stuff. It has decent animations. It has, uh, you know, it, it's it's good. Like it, it's in my opinion better performance wise than something like a Cordova package manager, right? Cordova packages your HTML, CSS, and JavaScript into a application in a web view. This is not using a web view. This is actually rendering into a native layout kind of. Uh, it's a little bit complicated, but it's not perfect in any way. You wouldn't be able to do some massive multimedia app in it and hope for like perfect performance. You would have to use native or something like Flutter maybe is a little bit more performant, but regardless, it's not, not about that. This is definitely something that React has that no other framework right now has. There's similarities, like there's a native script, which allows you to kind of do the same thing. There's Cordova, which again, allows you to kind of do the same thing, but it's not the same because the performance is just not on the same level as React Native. Let me ask you this about React Native. So where is, um, where do you get your experience from? Where do you come from? Because, you know, you like you said, doesn't use HTML, doesn't use CSS. So are you supposed to or maybe not supposed to, you could just jump right into React Native, of course, but is it um, like a good transitionary language? So is it, hey, you know, if you do know web development, you should do React.js, and then once you're done React.js, then go into React Native, or should you be doing like traditional Android development? And then from the traditional Android development, you then say, you know what, I want these layouts to be faster. So just like how you would in in web development, where you go from the vanilla HTML, JS, and CSS, you go to like a framework, is React Native, you know, you start with Android, sort of traditional, I suppose, and then you go to React Native or Kotlin or, you know, whatever. Like, how what's the, what's the desired or what's the path, you think? So I'm going to preface this with saying I don't have a lot of experience with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also not a layout expert in any way, shape, or form, but I will say that React Native's layouts and styling of their layouts is closer to CSS and HTML than it is to the XML or whatever layouts of uh, of Android or um, Swift, so Kotlin or Swift. So knowing HTML and CSS will definitely be a good base for you to build them, but it's not one-to-one the same. There, it's just different names for different types of elements, different types of styling. But in terms of CSS, like the CSS logic, uh, it's very similar, very, very similar. So you can definitely spin up quicker as a HTML, CSS developer in React Native layouts than I would say the other way around from like a Kotlin or a Swift dev. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. So talking about layouts, let's get into how... React handles layouts. So JSX, uh, this isn't, usually I would not put this as a pro, right? Like I would, I would say actually like all the other systems are better than JSX, but there's a reason why it's still around and it's still so prevalent. It's because it's very, very flexible. JSX is essentially JavaScript HTML. 
So you're writing HTML, but you have the ability to write JavaScript directly inside of your HTML, like really easily. And in fact, that's kind of how you do most of your DOM manipulation with, with the JavaScript side of like iterating over arrays with for each loops or maps or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, if statements for showing or hiding certain things like regular ternary or regular if statements in general. So it very much combines your JavaScript skills with your HTML skills into one, like kind of, I don't want to say cohesive because it looks kind of like a disaster. Uh, kind of like a bunch of people puked onto a screen. But regardless, it, it, it combines your two skills and, and makes you kind of put them into one. So if you're a really good JavaScript developer, I think you would prefer JSX to something like a view templating engine, which I'm, I'll, I'll explain right now, which is like a, it's, it's it has its own parameters for doing certain JavaScript things. So for instance, a for loop can be done in Vue.js with a v4 statement in the template, right? Right in like a, so let's say you have a list of stuff. So in your li, you would create a v4 and then the v4, you know, elements in array. And then you would use the elements tag to target, to, to put stuff actually into your li. So element.txt, element.date, whatever, whatever you have in your actual, in your array, in your object array. And you could do that. That's really quick. And the advantage of that is that you're not writing JavaScript in your HTML. You're just writing straight up HTML with some view directives to be able to do the, the JavaScript manipulation that you actually do need. So if statements, they have the directive for that with VF. Uh, again, for like loops, they have all the loops that you could possibly imagine with V4s and VWhile, whatever. So there's, it, it, it gives you a lot of tools to keep your HTML really clean, easy to read, and easy to write. Whereas JSX is the opposite of that approach, where instead of giving you the tools to write really simple to, to read HTML, they give you the tools to manipulate your HTML any, any way you want with JavaScript. And I think that is an advantage, not an advantage, but that is a reason that it's like still the number one framework because of the flexibility. And when you get used to it and you become good at it, I can see it being something that you don't want to leave. That's the other thing. Like when you're really good with JSX, I'm sure you're like, why would I ever go to something where I have to learn a view directive? Now you have to learn some JSX directives too, because JSX has a way of uh, putting class names. You can't just put class equals class name. You have to put class name equals whatever class names you have. And there's a bunch of little things like that that you have to learn as well, which which is why I don't like it. Like I don't like JSX. I'd rather learn the basic directives of Svelte or Vue and leave it at that because they're just, for me personally, they're easier to read, easier to understand, and easier to maintain. But with that, uh, again, JSX is maybe a toss-up. I'll, I'll give it that. I'm not sure if it's, if it's uh, the thing that's causing it to be number one, but I think it was worthwhile to mention here. What uh, I was going to ask, mm -hmm. actually, I was trying to formulate a question and, you know, and I think this would be the, so, okay, years and years ago, before we even had a show, I decided to like, just start watching videos on React. I was like, you know what, I know, I know I'm, I'm interested in this React thing. I'm going to, you know, watch some videos and I watched like a from scratch, you know, completely for complete beginners. And one of the things the guy said, I don't even remember who, what videos I was watching now, or else I'd give credit, but, um, the guy said that was that was doing the thing. He said, you know, one of the things you can do is you can write in React, 
like write in in such a way that React understands it. Or you can write JSX, which reacts under which React understands as well. And you said that most people just write in React or write in JSX rather than in whatever React regular is. You know what create I'm trying element. to say? Yeah, create. Yeah. React, there's a React create element method. I don't know anyone that writes in that, but I'm sure there's some hardcore engineers that went from like Java or something, and they they still write in React create element. So then like the question is or like the the concern that raised in my head and we could discuss it is like, holy crap, like, you know, I'm trying to learn React at this point, trying to learn React JS. But then I also got to learn JSX, which is like another thing. And even though you're saying, you know, it's nice to use and this and that, and it does look nice to use, it's still another syntax. And then my other thing was like, wait a second here. So I got I got all my vanilla stuff. I got this library now, React JS. I got to learn all these, you know, caveats and pros and cons and then how it works and all the rest of it. I got to learn the ins and outs, right, of React.js. And then I got to learn JSX. Like, I don't think people realize, or at least I didn't realize, I should say, at the time that I had to learn React or uh, JSX on top of all this. So, like, what? So at that point, you know, when you hear that, or at least if you're talking, if we're, if someone who is listening to this right now is in the same um, stage of their learning as I was years ago when I was looking this stuff up. What what do you uh, what do we say to them? And what I mean by that is, someone's listening to this right now. They're like, you know what, you know, React is the top of the game. You know what? I'm going to learn it. I'm going to listen to this episode first. We pretend that someone is listening to this episode as step one. They hear about React Native. They scratch that off the list. They don't need that. They got React JS, and they hear about all this great stuff: the developer ecosystem, developed and maintained by Facebook, all that stuff. It's great. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, by the way, she probably just learned JSX, something else on top. And the things that rush through my mind, and I am uh, I'm uh, impulsive, so maybe this is why it rushed through my mind. But I thought, holy crap, I don't want to learn another language on top of learning this, which is already like a leaning tower of Pisa in my mind. And this was, again, with me with no experience years ago. This is like a leaning tower of Pisa with like pieces all stacked up on top of one another. I have to learn a completely other uh, other development language when there's something else underneath this, which is something else underneath that, right? Like there's like this layer, 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 layer. And then also I, my my concern, which was probably unfounded, but whatever, as I thought, what if JSX goes away? Now I've learned JSX, I've learned React, now JSX is screwed, React is screwed, or maybe if React goes away, and then JSX is screwed, like, and to me, I just was like, you know what, I'm out of here, and I took off, and I never came back. So, I don't know whether those would be the same concerns shared by someone that was in my shoes, but, you know, using me as an example, you know, what do you say to them about JSX? Like, what do you say to them about, effectively, and you can correct me if this statement is wrong, learning a programming language that helps you do a library that helps you do, like, JS? Like, do you see the layers here? Like, this is starting to get going here. So, yeah, I, I can see where it gets a little bit hairy. And, and I kind of shared your same perspective before I delved into it. But I will say this. JSX is not some scary thing. It is JavaScript and HTML. There's nothing else to it. It's essentially making it easier for you to use JavaScript inside HTML. So if you know HTML and you know JavaScript, you know JSX. There's a few little things that you're going to have to kind of like pick up on. Like I said, you can't use class. You have to use class name. But those are the kinds of things that you'll see almost right away on any tutorial. And they'll tell you immediately. And other than that, really, there's not much else other than the class name thing. There's a few like attribute level stuff, but you don't need that right away. Other than that, 
if you know JavaScript and HTML, you know JSX. So I don't think it's a scary thing in any way, shape, or form. Um, I think, like, I'll ask you this question. You're doing Svelte right now. Is the Svelte templating easier for you to understand than what JSX was back then? From what very little I remember of JSX, yes. Now, I will say this by saying I have much more year. I have much many more years in just regular uh, web development, like vanilla stuff, as well as using, you know, all the tools out there, WordPress and God knows what behind like under my belt, even after I tried the JS thing. So or JSX slash react. So I have a lot more experience and we did a project in view. So view, even though I didn't, you know, dive deep into it, it helped me understand the component structure, at least enough for me to be like, Oh, okay. I should put a, like a component here. Like it, the idea of the components, in Svelte is the same as it was in Vue. And I'm not maybe, well, I'm probably not doing it the most efficient way ever because I'm I'm new to it, but I'm also not completely doing it wrong either. Like I there I, I've never been like, hey, should I spin this out on a component? I usually get to a point where I'm like, too much is in this, I gotta have another component. Which is perfect. Right. Um, so it's a weird comparison just because I was like a newbie in general back then with JSX. I would say Hmm. I would say it's a good point, and I would love to actually go back and look at JSX or maybe even try to find that person's videos. And uh, I mean, it's probably for an older React version now, but and just to see, because that's a good question, because I'm using like very old knowledge. (laughs) It's like the knowledge is dated as like as it was. My experience was much less. Now I have more experience. So it's like, would JSX be such a hurdle? I don't know. To a newbie, probably, like we're discussing, yeah. but I think I think to a newbie, a some a, a templating engine that Vue has or Svelte has is much easier to understand in terms of HTML. But for me personally, I also lean that way. But I didn't have I understand JavaScript fairly well right now. Like that, mm-hmm. I'm in a place where like I do a lot of JavaScript on a day to day basis. I help people with JavaScript. I understand JavaScript. So. JSX is not a leap for me in any way, shape, or form. It's fine. It's not. It's nothing fantastic. I don't love it, but it's fine. Like it's it's okay. Um, and I understand. Again, I understand the, the like some people's affinity to it. I understand it at this point. So it's not crazy. But you need to know JavaScript pretty well to have that comprehension level of JSX, uh, where it just makes more sense to you. Whereas with view, you really just need to know the HTML level. But on the other hand, you do need to know JavaScript to do any sort of manipulation to that HTML. So like it's, it, it, you know, it's a give or take kind of situation. You got to know JavaScript. So I don't know. Like I, I think your answer is correct. Even if you were to go back and look at it, you're still going to see JSX as a little bit more complicated. Uh, but I am curious to see what other people think. Like if you're listening to this and you're a huge JSX fan or you know what, if you've never done either, Go and look at JSX right now and go and look at like a Svelte or Vue template. That's the two different things you got to Google. And let us know on Twitter. Let us know on Instagram, wherever uh, in the Discord community, what you think, like which one's easier for you to understand. I I think most of the answers are going to be Vue and Svelte's templating, but I'm really curious to see if I'm maybe wrong. And my, my anticipation is this. If people are traditional web developers, they're regular like HTML, CSS, JavaScript web developers, they're going to 
prefer viewers felt. If they're more coming from a more like, I don't want to say hardcore, like lower level language or object oriented language like C sharp or like uh, uh, C++ or Java or whatever. If they're coming from there, I think they might prefer JSX or even React Create App, like I was saying, or Create Element, uh, because it's a little bit more. It's a little bit more. It's it's more similar to those kinds of languages. That that's why. So maybe that's another reason I didn't even think of until we just talked about it. That React is so popular because it it targets more of the market that's coming from a more sophisticated language, and maybe not sophisticated, but more. Uh, it it is like a you know a a more developed language like C sharp is more developed than JavaScript is JavaScript was written in like an afternoon or a week or something like that. Uh, so it, it has some holes in it, but regardless, um, it is an interesting concept. Maybe that is the case, but to move on here really quickly, uh, the other part of why it's still number one framework is it has like an absolutely massive community. Um, it doesn't have the most GitHub stars, whatever, like that's fine, but it has so many people using it on across all different spectrums, right? Like it has just so many people that are working on it in production, that are learning it from scratch, that are uh, using it to teach people. Like there's just so much that's being used and the community is massive. Like it is huge. If you type in React into Twitter or something like that, you're going to get way more hits than if you type in Svelte or Vue. And that's just the that's why it's number one still, right? Like that's why it's so high up there. And this really is seen. And this like, again, this is the the part of the big community. This really, really is seen in the job market. So the thing that I always tell people is when they ask me like, what should I learn? Well, what's, what's your goal? Is your goal to get a job in the next, you know, few months? Is your goal to get a job in the next few years? Is your goal to contract? Like th- those are the kinds of questions that I need to know before I can advise. Because if your goal is to get a job really quickly, yeah, React is probably the way to go. But the best way to look is just to go into your local community uh, or your your you know country's job board if it's Indeed or whatever. Use LinkedIn, whatever uh, you use for for job finding, and type in like React jobs. Type in View jobs, and that's what I did. So I I, t- I went to my local like. I live in Burlington, Ontario right now. I typed in into Indeed's Burlington, Ontario uh, search field and I typed in React web development or something like that. And I got 22 pages of jobs. I don't know exactly how many jobs that is, but it was 22 pages of them. And I did the same thing with Vue. This was like one of the, like probably the second most popular up and coming framework. Angular might still be up there, but regardless, I typed in Vue and I got eight pages of jobs. So there's jobs in both, but it's 275% more React jobs in my area. So you got to weigh your thing. Like if you're, if you're, if your goal is to get a job, then you have to learn React. That's the reality of it. If you want that to be a staple. Now I'm always the, I'm always the proponent of like, if you learn Vue, you can learn React. But the reality is, is that you might get a React like coding test. And you're going to have to spin up on that. And it, t- it takes like a little bit to spin up. It's not a lot, in my opinion. If you know Vue really well, it'll probably take you like a week to spin up and react to a certain degree. Like you won't be an expert or anything, but you'll understand it. Um, it's, it's not going to be that crazy, but you still have to spend that time to do it. So like if you're looking for a job right now, again, React is there and that's 
another reason that it stays number one is because all these companies continue to push React. And all these reasons that we've been talking about is why. Like community support is huge. Company support is huge. Like React Native, JSX, the community, all that is is massive, massively important to someone deciding if they're going to use a framework or not, especially when it comes to a situation where you're staking dollars on it. And again, for better or worse, React is still number one. React is still winning in that battle. And I don't see it being taken over by anyone else. I thought personally, maybe selfishly, that Vue was going to be better. Vue is better. So it's going to beat React. But as I'm seeing right now, it's not. It's still very popular. Like eight pages of jobs is still eight pages of jobs, right? Like it's not like there was like three jobs. No, there was like probably a hundred or something jobs on there um, for Vue. But there was 275% more jobs in React. So Well, here's here's the thing I wanted to throw in here is, you know, this is in a local market as of, you know, recording this. Yes. So I would I would love to see the numbers here because if someone takes a year to learn React JS. In this in and this is a hypothetical situation. This is not me giving you advice, but let's just hypothetically say you take a year to learn React. You say, you know what, that's it. Boom, I'm gonna do this and I want to get a job in React. So you go and you do that. I would love to see the uh, growth curve, if there is any, or maybe it's a decay, of uh Vue and React jobs. Like whether like as Vue comes up, React goes down, are they both going up? Is one growing faster? What's the thing, right? Because like this is, we're looking at a, a search result local market. So who knows if there is some market out there that has uh, more view jobs. I would estimate no, but we haven't done, obviously this isn't a study podcast. We didn't do like a whole study. Um, so it'd be super interesting to see whether, whether, you know, a person would be better off doing view now with a growth curve piece of data, which we don't have. I want to be clear. It's not like React is going to go away either, though. You know, statistically speaking, uh, chances are it won't go away because, you know, there's, I mean, tons of support, like you're saying, it would have to just be suddenly pulled or something would have to happen where it would be, you know, destroyed, which is the case for any job anyway. You know, it just like suddenly if like, Trucks are no longer being driven by people. Truck driving jobs are gone, right? Like, which sucks, whatever. But like, that's just the reality behind any job, right? So if React suddenly becomes an AI that programs itself, you know, this is crazy stuff, right? But I'm just saying, you know, so either way, you're probably safe, right? Like with React and Vue, like there's more with this small, very, very, very small localized test. You're probably safer with React right now, but I would love to see the difference because you're saying Vue is better. Well, it takes a while because there's a lag effect where con- where companies aren't going to suddenly just change. You know, if, if, if we were making money hands over fist, this is just being blunt, we're making money hands over fist on a project that we did in React and you came up to me, Mike, and you were like, Matt, we need to switch to Vue. I would be like, why? You'd be like, it's more comfortable. I'd be like, more comfortable. We're comfortable with this and I'd kick you out. Like, you know what I mean? If if you were, if I was like some big executive, that's exact like, that's what will generally happen, right? Um, hopefully with less, uh, <laughs> probably hopefully with like not being as rude as that, but the, like, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, I would have been like, thank you for your comments, Mike, but no, you know? Yep. But like, eventually if like the whole team starts bugging me and then you start bugging me again, and the whole team starts bugging me again, and I'm for some reason in charge of this, I'd be like, you know what? Let's check out this view thing. 
So again, like I don't know if you is growing, but it'd be super interesting to see if someone has or if someone is doing a study to see what the growth and decay or whatever is of these type of jobs. Because Svelte's in here too somewhere, right? I don't know how many jobs there are. Svelte's probably in here too. Vanilla is in here too. Uh, Webflow, I hear people getting Webflow jobs. Absolutely. So like there, it it just be super super interesting to see what to do. And I would like to put a a. a a note in here is that you know it makes sense to like what you're saying mike is to if you really want a job with the data we have today um that is on this show anyway with the data that we have today with this job search you know react is the way to go just because like you're statistically more likely at least in my opinion to get a job because there's 22 pages versus the eight pages of you in our local market however it would be um what would you say it would be like a thing to note with with getting jobs of like looking at the quality of the jobs too. Yeah. Like going in and looking like you make sure that these jobs are what you want to do. Like is all the React stuff for some reason data entry? You know, we don't know. Like, you know, if, if, if you look in your area and you're like, holy crap, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to be like the manager of a React team. Maybe that's all the jobs are in your area, right? Yeah, so yeah. go like volume is something to keep in mind. Market changes is something to keep in mind. Maybe views blowing up. Maybe it's not. Maybe react is going up. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Right. So that's just something to keep in mind, but also like it's, I think this, this comes back down to the point where it's important to learn the vanilla stuff. Yes. It's important to learn the vanilla stuff. So you can just quickly switch. If Svelte shut down today, I could switch to view. I would have to learn some new stuff. And I'm just learning Svelte, but I could take that little bit of knowledge. Like I just told you, I learned the component thing from Vue and I applied that to Svelte. So it's important that I had that base knowledge and I'm not as good at you, as you, excuse me, at all in vanilla JS. But even with my, let's say, intermediate knowledge, just because I'm rusty now, my intermediate knowledge, I am well better off, you know? So I don't know. It's interesting. It's just job opportunities is always like a weird like push and pull. It's like the stock market. It's like, is this going to go up? Is it going to go down? What's going on here? And it's like, I'm going to learn this. And in a year, will there be jobs? Like, who knows? And it's always like a question. So absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's the caveat. Like, we, we don't know what the what the future will hold. I'll give I'll give my like two cents on what I think. Um, I think React will hold its dominance for a very long time, personally, from what I've seen in the last four years, let's say. I agree. Uh, I agree. And I'll, I'll tell you why. It's because there's just not anything revolutionary com- that React doesn't do compared to like Svelte and Vue. Svelte and Vue are better. Svelte potentially better than Vue, whatever. Like, and, and Svelte is better than React, whatever. It's better. Sure. Most people can agree on that. Like from a technical and development perspective, most people can agree on that. But React can do everything that they can do in a very similar way. So like you said, in that situation where you have a developer going in, but why don't we use Vue for this like app that we built three years ago? Because there's no reason. Like, are we going to gain anything in performance? Maybe, slightly. Like, are we serving a market that benefits from like, you know, an, an X amount decrease in package size? Those are going to be the questions that, that that could change it. But those are the only reasons that you would switch from React to something else. And there's other 
metrics. In terms of like getting the job done, which is 90% of what everyone cares about, they're all the same. They can all do those same things. They can all do like server-side rendering. They can all do reactive components and, and styled components and like all this other stuff. Like they can all do everything that each other can do at pretty much the same level. So it's going to be very difficult to knock it down. Like it's just going to be, it's going, it's not, it's, this isn't the same as like a, a rail, um, I don't want to say rails, angular to react migration. Angular, yes, it could do everything that react can do, but it did it. It was worse. It was worse in, in, in multiple different ways. It was worse. I don't have any statistics for you or anything like that right now, but I've talked to angular devs that have switched to react and they, they've been the same. But most people that I've talked to that went from React to Vue say like, yeah, I love, like Vue's great. It's awesome. But like, it's nothing that React can't do. That's that's the thing, right? That's that whole like boss meeting where they kind of like proverbially yeah. like, or, you know, kind of throw you out. You know, they say, nope, sorry, bud. And they throw that idea out is more, more specific. Exactly. Because it's just like, why? Like if you ran a big company, like if you ran Amazon, you know, Amazon, the site, just the website, you were the web developer and you're using React. You're not going to be like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Like, Vue's a little better. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's move over to Vue. Like, no, you're not going to do that. You know, uh, we wouldn't do that. You know, uh, our, our, excuse me, our, can't speak today, our, like, basic website um, for our company is just HTML, CSS, and JS, I think. Uh, it doesn't have any CMS. It's very, very basic. It's one of the first sites I ever built. It's, like, not that impressive. It's responsive. And that's it. You know, uh, we didn't do anything else with it. Uh, we didn't switch it to view because views better. And to be honest, like I wouldn't even consider unless we do like a complete rebuild for, you know, future re like, reasons. I would never take our existing site and port it over to view. Like why? Like that would be my biggest question. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Why is the biggest question? Like, right. Yeah, there and then, has then to be a very good why. Exactly. So like I, I agree with you, like um, I agree with you in that, like, you know, those 22 react those 22 pages of react jobs. Most of them are statistically likely to be there in a year when you've spun up completely if you're trying to spin up from today because, like, companies aren't going to change this year, especially with COVID, you know, God knows what they're doing. But maybe there's more stuff in view coming up. You know, you never know. But there's, like, little trends that you can kind of figure out, and that's kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah, I think Vue's ecosystem is amazing, and I really like its development. I really like Vue three. Like, I, I you just like, you just love in Vue. It's no, crazy. I really it's too much. Vue. Like, that's the thing. Like, and I like most everything about it better than React, just flat out. But I just after spending some time with React now, I can I don't see it overtaking it just because of its sheer just because of what we're talking about today. It's still the number one framework. Like, it's very difficult to get knocked down. <laughs> When you're this big, like there has to be a very good reason for it. I love I, how much you, you like you're gushing over view. It's like me gushing over windows and stuff. It's, right. It's, yeah. it's, I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gush over it because like I, I've, I've been using it and I like it a lot, but like, I'm in, I'm in the same boat. Like I, I'm not saying that it's going to win. That's the problem here is like, it sucks that it's not going to win for me, but the reality is for everyone else, if you know, react, you're fine. Like you're gonna get a job. Like that's just the reality. Like that's just so many, so much. Like statistically, statistically very likely. Very unless, likely. To get unless a it job. suddenly, like I said, becomes an AI or something, yeah. or the has other, to be shut down. The other thing I want to say with with React on the React side is like, if I was hiring for a company, and for me, like if I made my own company, if I made my own staff, like obviously I'd be using Vue. I, everyone knows that. 
I wouldn't care if you were a React developer, honestly. Like if there was a good developer and there was one good developer that knew React and one decent developer, like a step below that knew Vue, I wouldn't value the guy that knows Vue more than the good developer that knows React, personally. Because I think React goes to Vue very quickly and easily and I think the person that converts over to React will be very happy. I don't know if I can say the same on the other side. That's my problem right now is like if I'm hiring for a React job and I get a decent React developer and a good Vue developer, getting someone from Vue to React is a twofold problem. One being like the spin up is a little bit more difficult than going from React to Vue in my opinion. And the fact that that view guy is going to be like, well, why are we using React the whole time? <laughs> like, it's a weird problem. And it's a weird, like, thing that could affect a hiring decision. But honestly, like, it's, it's, it, I think it's real. Like, I think that the view guy, if he's never done React, is going to be a little bit more pessimistic on, on the project and on the framework than a guy that, that's only, like, that's really into React, which is, again, a really weird way to say it and a really weird conclusion to make on that front. But I, it's something that I thought of recently. <laughs> let me let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. I'm trying mm-hmm. to I'm, I'm drawing parallels to something that is in a different field. That's not development. I'm drawing parallels here and I want to know I want to know your two cents on this. Uh, I used to love BlackBerry devices. I used to love my BlackBerry devices, all my Z10s and my Q10s and my passports. And all, I mean, I had one of each, but I used to love like my BlackBerry devices. I used to have like a 9900 and all the rest of the bold 9900 and that type of thing. And I have a key two right beside me right now and stuff like this. Like I love my BlackBerry devices. Here's the thing. I switched over to Samsung for the reason that like, you know, BlackBerry isn't doing all that great in terms of devices. And here's the thing. I don't love my Samsung. Like I, I talk it up and I like it and it's very usable like it, i like it a lot you know it has a better camera it's very modern it's great you know it's a great thing to have and know it's an expensive device and yada yada but it's a nice thing to have i have no complaints about it that way but i don't love it and i would say the same about windows is i kind of gush over windows and microsoft because i like their ecosystem more than i like the like windows experience specifically i just like having a microsoft account signing into everything and it's just really simple and like i like that type of stuff and that's like a ux thing but I don't love Windows. I'm not like, oh, hell yeah, like Windows 10. But I used to love my BlackBerry. It sounds to me like you love Vue, but React is good. Like you're good with it. It's just, you just use it. It's like my Samsung. It's just like, you know, I like my Samsung a lot. You know, I talk, talk uh, all a bunch of pros, few cons, mm-hmm. and this is my opinion, but it's, I don't love it. Like I did my BlackBerry devices. I used to love my pass, uh, my uh, playbook. I used to love my BlackBerry playbook. I use it all the time. <laughs> I used to love it. I used to use the shit out of it. You remember that in college? I used to type on it. Everything. We we, we just uh, we just took put ours in a box. Oh God! But it, it served its purpose for a long time. God! So it was an address book. That was all we used it for. <sighs> Which is such an under usage. But I used to use the shit out of it. Like I used the shit out of my playbook. It was a per- I, I and 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 like I really like my iPad. I really like my iPad, but I don't love my iPad. Like there's just something there. Um. I heard like a couple phone reviewers say like they used to love like their Palm devices, mm-hmm. like the Palm Pre and stuff, whatever, all those devices. They used to love their Palm devices. Android's really good and it's way better, but you don't love Android. It's just the thing now. 
And so I what think, do you, I don't I think know, that's it, normal. the same thing? Do you think though? Like, is this the view versus react? Like, is this you? Like, like you're like, you know, I can use react all day, but like, I would love to use, you know, view right I, now. I really like view, but I, I, I don't know if I'd say I love, I like, I'm very much don't care about the company, I guess. Right. Like I, I like view as a company. Great. That's all good. But if they were to come out and do something ridiculous that I don't like, I would just switch to something else like Svelte. Like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Um, I like it and I'm using it and I think it's great. I think it's better than the than React at least. I, I don't want to say Vue is better than Svelte because I, I haven't given Svelte enough time uh, to to really give it the, the, you know, the test it deserves. And I plan on doing that in the near future. And I'll, and I'll give my thoughts, obviously, on Twitter and everything, on HTML, everything. Um, but... Again, I'm really like I don't care about the actual product so much. I don't love any product that I have, if that makes sense. But I agree with you that I used to, which is it's a weird mindset switch. I think because of these large companies have screwed us over so many times and in so many different ways that I've just grown so like pessimistic towards just the branding side of things. That I just want to use my things and have them work. And if they don't work, I'll just throw them off a cliff and use something else. Obviously not that extreme, but regardless, like that's how I feel about the whole, you know, being loyal to a brand, I guess now. Um, I've just, I've been hurt too many times (laughs) to have any sort of brand loyalty. And that carries over to even like a web development framework of all things, which again, I think that might be a little bit of a more like ridiculous stance to make because Vue, for instance, is open source. Even React is open source. Uh, why would I have any like an- animosity towards the brand? I don't. But again, I just I'm so standoffish towards saying that I just love a brand so much that I, <laughs> I guess I I just have that mindset. Like I'm always well, just I, ready I, to leave. I think we like like you can see it in our design trends overall too. And like this might be you know I'm not a like a clothing designer or like a designer really at all. I like designed user user interfaces. Uh, but like you can see it in our design, I think from an outsider perspective, which is why I mentioned that, like I'm not a person that makes logos and stuff, but like, if you look at our logos, our logos are getting more simplistic and more simplistic and more simplistic and more minimalistic. And I feel as though like we are like design style is getting more minimalistic. Like if you see websites, you know, websites have a few divs here and there, a couple content blocks. We don't have like what the nineties had, which was like 640 by 480 and like 700 <laughs> banners in that 600 in that 640 by 480 little spot. Right. So we're becoming more minimalistic. And I think that what's happening is, is we're shedding a bunch of stuff. So like we've shed a bunch of like, there's no more windows phone, right? There's no more Blackberry or basically no more Blackberry. There's like a new device coming apparently. Um, there's no more Windows Phone. There's no more BlackBerry. There's no more this. There's no more that. Uh, like in 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 everything. Like um, LG is gone. Like LG LG is gone from the phone industry. Yeah, just gone. They're gone. And it's like what? Like I remember when I had the G4. Because like when I switched to Android, I was like, if you looked around, you saw a friggin' hell of a lot of G4s and G3s, and it was like. Well, LG's doing pretty good. And you never think of anyone leaving the industry. Like, I think we're just starting to shed stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it comes with a cost. It comes with some pros and cons. And I think that it's like, because like BlackBerry, for example, to me, felt like a productivity machine. 
Like I knew all the shortcuts. I didn't fuck around. I clicked a button, an app opened, and I started typing immediately. I didn't touch the screen at all. I didn't use the trackpad. I just knew what I was doing. I knew what shortcuts there were. I like had all that stuff down. It was a productivity machine. It was a tool. I could type super quick. I could type without looking super quick, super fast. Now it's like open up my Samsung and then like the like the the keyboard screws up. You know what I mean? Like it just feels like I'm just using what everyone else is using. There's no problems with my Samsung. Like there's problems with everything. Like I said, sometimes my keyboard screws up, but like there's problems with everything. There's glitches with everything. There's glitches with Blackberries, but there's like, there's just something that like we're missing, whether it's like the little guy is gone. Maybe that's what it is. So or we're all rooting for the little, like the little guy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. This, we might need to cut this out because I'm not sure if you've mentioned this before, but have we mentioned that you work at, you worked at Blackberry? Yeah. I, oh yeah. 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 yeah I think there. we, yeah. I think we have. So I mentioned this several times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. So did you have a blackberry before you worked at blackberry i'm trying to think i'm trying i'm trying to no. remember no but i also didn't have a smartphone right you didn't have a smartphone at all so blackberry was your first smartphone because so could it be that because of the whole intricacies of you like working there and you seeing the behind the scenes and you getting a blackberry from them and it being a canadian company that's close by and being like i feel like that definitely helps drive that like passionate fan aspect it's, of it it's the perfect storm of fandom yes, yeah exactly. it's, it's 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 canadian company that's internationally renowned i worked there you know they gave me my first professional tech job really they like allowed me to use their devices you know i got to see a lot of cool stuff and i like obviously went ham after and i started using them after as well but i will say this though is like is like they did shape now whether it was because they were the first i don't know i still struggle with typing on glass i suck at it it sucks autocorrect sucks and that goes for every autocorrect it sucks i hate it but i could i can rip on like a bold 9900 like if you ever i don't know if you've ever like seen me quickly type out a, you probably have quickly type out a text message on like a bold 9900 i can be talking to you maintaining eye contact and typing a text message with and and then just press enter and know it's like typed properly i think it's I, because I you learned on it i learned on it but the thing is is like by now i should have been like but now i should have flipped maybe right? yeah i agree with that like you've been using a glass screen for way longer but like i think like your your inherent all your inherent traits were on a keyboard phone. Anyway, like it's it's a UX thing for you. I think it's a passion thing for you. I think there's a lot of combinations for you to being of being a fan of BlackBerry. Uh, it sucks that they got out of the phone game, but it's like they are kind of still around and they're pretty big still. So yeah, there's a new device apparently coming this year, I think, or something. But it's from not like made a licensed person. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a licensed thing. I'm no, I don't know all the details. I don't work there anymore, yeah, so I don't know all that it's stuff. Not but. the same. It's not the same. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, I was the same way with uh, AMD and uh, Radeon, right? Like I, you know, had a friend that worked there. They're a Canadian company based out of Toronto, like uh, just outside of Toronto. Like it's it's one of, you know, great processors, but they released a really shitty product for a lot of years, like mm-hmm. seven or eight years. Like I can't, I can't support you if you keep releasing shitty products. I have, a, I have an AMD rig right beside me, and it's like it's old and and it it uses bulldozer, which some people are probably going to cringe. You yeah, know, it's, when they it's hear bad. That. Like that 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 processor was bad compared to everything. It was still fine. Like it still did its thing. I had one. I'm too. still using it. Like <laughs> yeah, it doesn't bother me. But like yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like in comparison and benchmarks and people yeah. heavy heavy usage. You know, heavy usage. It was much worse than its competition. So like and for like eight years. Like now yeah now they're back, but. When you're gone for eight years, 
the fandom is, is the it, fandom it, it, leaves. It wears off. Yeah, yeah wears exactly. Off. Like I'll use their products and I'll go to as far to say as like if there is one that's equal performance to Intel, which is their main competitor, I'll still pick AMD. But if Intel is better. I'll go Intel now at this point. So I'm not, I'm not, again, I, I went away from that, but I was there. I, I, you know, I did the same thing as you. I purchased a whatever pile driver or bulldozer CPU when it was definitely not the best one to purchase just because I was a fanboy of the company because they were Canadian. But yeah, I guess I, I don't know if it's us growing up or it was just the situation that we were in. But yeah, fanboyism is something that I'm trying to leave behind in terms of a hardware perspective, at least. Um, gaming and stuff like that is a little bit different. But uh, hardware companies and stuff have have lost me as a fanboy. I will use your product if it's good. Period. Which is, I mean, this is like a now a, a huge tangent, but like at That's this point, like it, which we do. But I mean, at least we talked about like ninety eight percent of the stuff we were going to talk about in React. But the thing is, is it's just it's one of these sad things where like I used to be like you said, like I used to be super into it. I was the same with AMD and Radeon. I was the same with them. I was like super into them. And like I try to have, you know, I've been using Lenovo laptops because I'm I, I've gotten to this point where I, I'm like an old man where I just don't want to be bothered. That's one of my things is like, don't bother me. So meaning devices. So I don't like fixing stuff, even though I know how to. And I just like want to be left alone. So I bought a, like I have a laptop. That's like my modern PC. I have this thing I use for work, but I I uh, use my obviously for my laptop for work as well. Um, but at this desk, I use a desktop. So. That laptop thing was supposed to replace the desktop um, and probably will one day. But the thing is, is that the laptop is because I don't want to be bothered. Like if something goes wrong with that laptop, I mean, there it goes. Like I have to call Lenovo. <laughs> like like it's it's a it's a no nonsense. Like I have an at home service warranty. Just come to my house, fix my stuff, leave me alone. And 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 like I realized like that's boiling it down. Right. Like I've decided I don't want to bother with this stuff. I don't want to be bothered, but it like removes that like handmade goodness of like a custom built computer. It also and it sucks that like this computer to my right, this old desktop was built because I liked AMD so much. There's like an AMD rig. That's what it was. Had three AMD cards in it. And like it was all it was crazy for the time and or at least crazy for me. And then like now it's just like the fandom is leaving, which which is like really, really unfortunate. I think like I realize that maybe it's maybe it's better. Maybe it's better. Yeah. But the I, I fandom don't, don't stuff think, is I don't think it's unfortunate. I think that's that's what companies should do is they should compete with each other and make better products. And there's no there's no need for fandom for that to happen. Like fandom is actually the opposite of what we want, because if we if we have mass fandom then it doesn't matter how good intel creates their products amd doesn't have to do anything you know what i mean like if everyone just loves amd on a wide basis then amd can just sit on its laurels and make a shitty product and people will still buy it because no matter what intel does they're just fans of amd and that's it whereas now in in our case if intel were to come out with a product that's like twice as fast as amd or even like and anyway, there's a significant increase. You're going to buy Intel because why would like why wouldn't you when you're spending your own money? Um, and that breeds better competition. That breeds better products, and that breeds better just a, a better atmosphere inside of a inside of like a, a company too. Like you don't want people to just sit on their laurels and do nothing. Yeah, definitely. Like I mean, competition is good for everyone, as we know, and and like same with JavaScript frameworks. To sort of bring it back to that, you yeah. know, it's it, like Svelte would just well, I mean, even still though, like Svelte would probably just 
like sit there and maybe get updated here and there. But it's good that like if React implemented some really good feature, you know, where they they have like, I don't know, really fast search, just making something up really fast search. And it's you can call that thing in to a to a fun, to a uh, an input box in like one line. Svelte and them are going to have to do something similar. Right. Right. If everyone's like, fuck, this search is so good. Like Svelte and them are going to have to do something similar. They have to or yeah. they'll get crushed because React's not going to stop there. <laughs> They're going to do something else, too. And then it's like, man, this the search and this and with this and this and this and React is so good. Right. So they have to all be fighting. They have to be. Yep. That's just the, the way it is. But I don't know. The fan, the, the, the fandom is, is sad. The lo- <laughs> loss of fandom is, is it's still sad to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand your point, but I, I wholeheartedly disagree. Um, <laughs> Just straight up, ah, yeah, well, but, but you it's know, okay. Yeah, get this it. guy, brush this guy under the rug. Let's yeah. get this guy out of here. <laughs> Security, yeah. let's get this guy out of here. Um, um, but okay, so last thing here, I'm just going to talk one last point about the whole episode. Why is React still number one framework? It, it arrived earlier than Svelte and Vue and all those things. Like it, it arrived after Angular, but again, like I said earlier in the episode, it's a significant jump from Angular. But it 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 arrived in a market that really needed it at the perfect time with the perfect backing. Like it was a very good decision by Facebook to open source it. I give them full credit, and I give them full credit for pushing it and making it what it is today, and then giving like inherently giving us the other better frameworks like Vue and Svelte, I don't think would have happened if React didn't happen. So it was React that was being the trailer trailblazer in terms of this style of JavaScript framework. And I hope one day that it will, you know, um, something else will come and beat it for sure. But in, in, in time, like right now it's perfectly fine. Like it's, it's a good, it's a good framework to have. If you know it, you have plenty of opportunities. Um, if you don't know it, it's not that hard to learn. Like if you're if you're really in, like if this episode did anything to deter you from learning it, I don't want it to do that. That was not my intention. I think it's it's definitely very very possible to learn. It's not that difficult, and it has a lot of functionality built into it that uh, that you essentially need when you're building a more complex site. Like it's not for everything. We talked about this a few times already. Like you don't like if you're building a basic static website, you don't need to use React. Like it's not a necessary thing. But if when you're building a site that requires any sort of significant DOM manipulation, yeah, React is a great great situation, especially if you're looking for a job in the market anytime soon. All right. Well, that was a good sum up. Um, I think that's all the topics we had. I mean, we had one more, but. Uh our tangent took over. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll leave that one for uh for the show notes. I think I'll I'll add it to the uh, to the end of the show notes. So if you want to learn a l- one more topic about why React potentially is the number one framework, uh, like one of the reasons potentially, um, I'll put it into the show notes. Leave it there. Check them out. They're going to be on potentially. I don't know if this is a crazy thing to say. They might be on our own HTML things website at that point. Yeah, it's kind of got to the point where I think it's just time. You know, we'll have limited reading material. I was thinking, like, we're going to have limited reading material. We launched. Of course we are. So we're kind of at that point. Uh, You know, the site's basically done. We've been adding articles to it, this, that, and the other thing. So probably by the time you listen to this, because this episode's like a few weeks out from recording time. two weeks, I think. Two weeks out, yeah. So I I try to document and, like, 
I like I said, I try because sometimes I forget to. But I, I have like a when the episode was recorded on the website as well. Like I say, like recorded here, published here. So hopefully that helps people in case something's like a dated piece of knowledge. Like we we published this and like React gets pulled for some reason. Like React is dead. It's it. It's over. It has to get taken down for some reason. It's like, what's going on? Like, why do these guys have a React episode? So that's kind of why I did that. Um, obviously, we're not as time sensitive as like news and stuff, though. But. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Hopefully the site will be out and it'll be an exciting journey there. We'll probably release it without like ads and monetization and stuff, but then we'll slowly add that stuff. And the reason why I mentioned this on the show is because uh, we want to start writing a little bit of like money making uh, articles here and there just because like obviously you guys are listening and you're like, man, I, I don't have time to learn, uh, you know, programming this and that. Maybe we can maybe there's a middle ground where you learn to learn to program to get this site up so that you can make some money, all that type of stuff. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Um, we promise a lot and deliver little. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the absolute opposite of what you're supposed to do. But I mean, we all get busy. That's just the way it is. So uh, that's uh, that's that. But weekly growth goal. Uh, we're so far ahead of recording that we're going to kibosh the weekly growth goal for this week as well, because I don't even know what week we're on, what we're doing. So, Mike. We just wanted to do a real quick brief, just like we did in the last episode. What have you been working on? Take it away. So unsurprisingly to anyone, I've been working on actually learning React. Like I've, uh, I have something in the works uh, where I'm going to be probably learning, like teaching React a little bit. Uh, maybe not teaching, but mentoring on, on the React side a little bit. Uh, I'll talk about that maybe a little bit later on the podcast, but, um, or in a later episode, I mean. But uh, so I'm taking the time to, do my due diligence, making sure that I understand the concepts of React, making sure that I can apply my view skills kind of to React and doing those comparisons. And while I'm doing those comparisons, I'm actually posting a lot on Twitter. So if you want to see my views on especially the comparison of view to React, I'm doing a lot of like side-by-side code comparisons and my take of being like, hey, this is how you do, uh, you know, reactive like uh lists in react and this is how you do lists in view and take a look at these two code bases which one's easier to understand and then i'll do like we'll have this is how you do uh form binding in react and this is how you do form binding in view so i'm doing a lot of those things because it helps me solidify my knowledge of react by doing it in both view and react at the same time and i can make that parallel uh and by obviously allowing me to then post on twitter a lot like provide some content for everyone else out there so again we're at uh at html everything on twitter you can you know search for that or html the things on twitter you should find us and uh you can give us a follow and check out my journey of react now this is two weeks ahead so i might be on some other crazy tangent journey at that point but if you want to take a look at where i was in react then this just it this just in mike is now building speakers he's soldering it's the boards himself no. yeah <laughs> very possible i could be going crazy like that but yeah, uh, that's that's what I've been working on. Uh, as for myself, uh, we were working on an update to a client project uh, that I can't get into, but we were doing a pretty big update to a client project, managing that a little bit. And uh, then I've been learning Svelte as well, and I've been doing a little bit of cleanup. So we uh, 
we are going to be doing getting some audiograms ready. We I've been doing a little bit on the the HTML of things website. Uh, a couple of clients just called in on like just needed some help with some stuff. So I've been kind of all over the place in full jack of all trades mode, kind of jumping around. But uh, just stuff that needs to be cleaned up. That's kind of what generally happens, right? You kind of focus on something for a couple of weeks. A bunch of little things fall to the wayside. Then those little things all add up to a big amount of work. So you got to kind of do that. And that's kind of what I was doing this week. So that is what I was doing this week uh but that i think concludes the episode unless you have anything else to add mike no that's it let's roll out the intro outro all right the outro what what's going on here so remember we're on that patreon that's patreon.com slash html the things check out the tiers give that a go many thanks to our three dollar tier patrons sean from RabbitWorks javascript on youtube.com slash RabbitWorks javascript garrick from local path computing and web design on localpathcomputing.com ryan gatchel from blue black digital on blueblackdigital.com chris from self-made web designer on selfmadewebdesigner.com tim from the web hacker on thewebhacker.com dl ford from dlford.io pip hashdash from nine block media on nineblockmedia.com Jason from Geek Life Radio via geekliferadio.com, Michael Curie from MC Web Studio via mcwebstudio.ca, and Magnus from yesweb.se. Feel free to leave a comment or review on the platform that you are listening to this on. And this outro will sign us off. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. Web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media. On Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things. Signing off.